let's just talk about two things that Lehi does emphasize to his sons that I think sometimes are missed today. Um, just speaking myself as a millennial, um, just from a millennial's perspective, um, two aspects that I believe are very critical that were very influential in my life that Lehi emphasizes to his sons. The first is teaching literal covenants and literal promises. From the Book of Mormon, we understand that America is the land of Adam and it's the land of the patriarchal covenant. Um, I went into this in a lot more detail in the Simplifying Isaiah episode for Lesson 5, so um, I won't belabor the point here, but just emphasizing that we know from Revelation that the Garden of Eden was in Jackson County, Missouri. We know this from Latter-day Revelation and Prophets. Adam on Dayaman was the home of Adam and Eve after the fall. Independence is the site of the New Jerusalem. So America is a land of covenant. And when you study the scriptures, especially the Book of Mormon, you understand that the covenants of the Lord are all about these promises that were made to fathers for their children after those fathers made certain sacrifices. Those fathers figured out how to get to God. They figured out the way and they made sacrifices to get promises from God so that their children could have help, so their children could have access to special blessings. Adam did this and Adam was given land. And it wasn't just, oh, one day you're going to inherit this land. He gained land in this life. Why is land important? Well, you have to have land to build a kingdom. If you want to become like God and you want to become a king or a queen and have a kingdom, you have to have land to build a dynasty, to build an estate, to build a place where your children can go to school, can grow, can learn, can repeat the same pattern. You have to have physical land. It can't just be, oh, a dream of one day or or a spiritual concept. It, it has to be here and now. And we see this with the patriarchs. Abraham is given land. Jacob is given land. Joseph of Egypt is given land, specifically the land of America. And why? Because they were men who proved to God that they could be trusted to start a kingdom. They were ready to rule. Lehi obtains land, physical land, and he passes that to his sons, who in turn, those who kept the covenant, inherited land as well. Guess who else got land? The righteous colonists. This is what we learned in 1 Nephi chapter 13, verse 15. Uh, Nephi says, I beheld the spirit of the Lord that it was upon the Gentiles, and they did prosper and obtain the land for their inheritance. End quote. Again, ask yourself the question, what did those colonists do where they actually inherited physical land and they were given that inheritance? Well, if we look to Lehi, we get a significant clue in what he did. Lehi was a father who looked back. He wanted to be like Joseph of Egypt. He wanted to be like Abraham. And he looked at them and he did what they did. And he received what they received. In 2 Nephi chapter 1 verse 7, we're told that this land that Lehi received, one of its attributes is that it was a land of liberty. It is supposed to be a land of liberty. And there are so many statements from presidents of the church talking about how this land is a land of liberty and that land is America. Lehi inherited it. Um, Today it is the base of operations, the center of the church. But why, why would Lehi emphasize to his sons, this is in chapter one, um, that it's a land of liberty? Well, if you think about it, the whole purpose, Lehi's entire mission was helping his children come into the presence of God, 
to live the gospel, to live God's way of life. And God's way of life is a life of liberty. And it is supposed to be a land of liberty. It is supposed to be a land where there is no king but Jesus Christ, which interestingly, to draw another parallel with the early founding of America, that was a central theme for the Puritans, the Covenanters, the early colonists under the Revolutionary War. No king but Christ. Jesus Christ is the king. He's the king of the church. He's the king of the government. And we must have rights and we must have liberty. The entire purpose of a father receiving land under this covenant is to live the gospel and provide a way where his children can live God's way of life, where he can set up a kingdom that looks like God's kingdom. Well, God's kingdom is a kingdom of liberty. It is a kingdom where people are allowed to progress and have stewardship and they're able to have ownership. They're able to have religious freedom and freedom of conscience and freedom of speech and freedom of thought. And so every righteous father has created an environment either in his home, in if, if you're a patriarchal father like Lehi or Abraham, in your city, community, um, where liberty is a central theme. This is why liberty is an essential characteristic and mission of the house of Israel. It is Israel's duty and Israel's responsibility to defend liberty because liberty is God's way of life. And that is why here you see that. Lehi emphasizing to his sons, this is God's land. I have inherited it because I am in covenant with God and it will be a land of liberty for both myself and for my posterity through all generations. There is one other point that Lehi emphasizes to his children, and that is the aspect of adversity and sacrifice. In 2 Nephi chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, he's speaking to his son Jacob, and he says, quote, And now, Jacob, I speak unto you. Thou art my firstborn in the days of my tribulation in the wilderness. And behold, in thy childhood thou hast suffered a afflictions, and much sorrow because of the rudeness of thy brethren. Nevertheless, Jacob, my firstborn in the wilderness, thou knowest the greatness of God, and he shall consecrate thine afflictions for thy gain. End quote. A few verses later, of course, there is the famous scripture, and again, but keep in mind, this isn't just a scripture. This is Lehi counseling one of his sons. He says, it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. If not so, my firstborn in the wilderness, righteousness could not be brought to pass. Neither wickedness, neither holiness, nor misery, neither good nor bad, end quote. Now, how did Lehi know this? Did Lehi know this because he just read the brass plates and he's like, oh, there's this verse here, um, Jacob, by the way, um, you know, there is opposition in all things. Well, while I'm sure that that teaching was on the brass plates and in the scriptures, how did Lehi know this? He lived it. He lived a life of opposition. He lived a life of sacrifice and he lived a life where he proved that God would consecrate those afflictions for his gain. This is a very important aspect that if you look in the scriptures, righteous fathers teach their sons this principle of afflictions and opposition. It's something that we don't often 
like to talk about a lot in our day, uh, but there is an amazing quote from Lectures on Faith, which was compiled in Joseph Smith's uh, time by Joseph Smith and other brethren. It was actually curriculum to train the missionaries and train the fathers in the church in Kirtland. And there is a statement in there where they're very bold and they say that you actually suffering is essential. And if you want to receive a reward like the ancients, like the patriarchs, you have to suffer like they did. This is from lecture number six. It says, quote, it is in vain for persons to fancy to themselves that they are heirs with those or can be heirs with them who have offered their all in sacrifice and by this means obtained faith in God and favor with him so as to obtain eternal life unless they in like manner offer unto him the same sacrifice and through that offering obtain the knowledge that they are accepted of him end quote now does this mean that every person's life is going to look the same no. If you study the lives of so many of um, great heroes in history, um, even great presidents of the church, you know, Joseph Fielding Smith's life looked different than Brigham Young's. It looked different than Ezra Taft Benson's. It looked different than William Tyndale's. It looked different than Peter or Paul. But there is a common theme that you see among all great patriarchs and great men and great women who obtained great faith in God and obtained promises from God. And that is this aspect of offering their all in sacrifice, as Lectures on Faith says. It continues, quote, Those who make the sacrifice will have the testimony that their course is pleasing in the sight of God. And those who have this testimony will have faith to lay hold on eternal life and will be enabled through faith to endure unto the end and receive the crown that is laid up for them that love the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who do not make the sacrifice cannot enjoy this faith because men are dependent upon the sacrifice in order to obtain this faith. Therefore, they cannot lay hold upon eternal life because the revelations of God do not guarantee unto them the authority so to do. And without this guarantee, faith could not exist, end quote. There is so much talk today about how to help our youth gain confidence. How do we help them gain faith? How do we help them gain a testimony? If we turn to the example of Lehi and Jacob and these teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith and other righteous men, these teachings, for example, in lectures on faith, it will give us answers for how to do it. If we look to Nephi, Nephi was again a son who Lehi successfully converted. And if you read 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 1, the famous verse of all time, right? Nephi says that he had seen many afflictions in the course of his days, but nevertheless, he had been highly favored of the Lord in all his days. And he had a great knowledge of the goodness and the mysteries of God, end quote. We know that the righteous early colonists of America obtained faith and inheritances and promises from God as well. But what afflictions did it take for those men and women to obtain this land? It wasn't just chance. It wasn't just happenstance. This is a message for our day. 
So just to close out this lesson, I just want to encourage you to turn to 2 Nephi 1 through 2 and approach it from that perspective. What can Lehi teach me about how to be a good parent? And what did Lehi teach his sons that I need to teach my sons and daughters? Um, turning back to Ezra Taft Benson, he said, quote, Good fathers teach their sons, and good sons listen and obey. Teaching is done by precept and example and by word and deed. A good model is the best teacher. Therefore, a father's first responsibility is to set the proper example, end quote. I cannot emphasize this strongly enough. Our youth need to be able to look up to role models. They need to be able to look at their fathers and look at their mothers and see the doctrine preached through their life. You know, some of you that are listening to this podcast that are new to the Joseph Smith Foundation, a few of you have commented and asked when I've referenced my own father in past podcasts, well, who is your dad? Who is this person? Almost as though um, because I've referenced his example, like, well, who's this person? Is he some famous scholar or professor or worldwide CEO out there, right? And to answer that question of who was my dad. My dad was my dad. You could say he was James Stoddard. You could say, oh yeah, he he was an author. He wrote four books. He produced eight documentaries. He started the Joseph Smith Foundation. But for me, to be honest, the best way I can answer that question is my dad was just a dad, but he was a dad like Lehi. He was someone who was driven from a very young age to discover what these patriarchs discovered. He would study these men in the scriptures and he wanted what they obtained. And his greatest desire in life was to help bring his children into the presence of God. And like Nephi, I remember watching him from a young age and I remember watching the miracles that I saw in his life, the revelation that I saw in his life and the fruits and I wanted what he had. I remember thinking, I want communication with God like he has. I want the joy he has. And that is why after his passing, um, my siblings and I, uh, they, they would say the same. And together we wrote a book called A Christ-Centered Home. And each of us in a chapter wrote um, kind of our testimony and our own journey of trying to become converted to the gospel. And I chose for my chapter, Nephi's Words, to know the things that my father had seen because that I feel like I can resonate and relate with Nephi so much. Um, just just as when I look at my dad's life um, now that he's passed on, so the full picture, I, I see a story very similar to Lehi of having to overcome and searching for answers and uh, feeling lost at times, but finding those answers and for myself, like Nephi, watching that example and saying, I want, I want to know what he knows, and I want the same. So when we look at these great, incredible fathers in the Book of Mormon, Lehi found his way back to God, and he helped his sons get there as well. Nephi, Jacob, Joseph, they were all able to come back into the presence of God, and then they turned and they helped their children and people, and that is how we have the Book of Mormon today. And they recorded the doctrine 
and the specific life experiences of how to do it. We have the answers. It's sitting right in our hand. So as you read 2 Nephi 1 through 2, remember, it is your responsibility to continue the pattern. And these righteous fathers will show you how. You are Abraham. You are Lehi. You are Nephi. It is your responsibility to be like them. Lehi closes his words to Jacob just so beautifully. He says, and this is in verse 30 of chapter 2, he says, I have spoken these few words unto you all, my sons, in the last days of my probation. I have chosen the good part, and I have none other object, save it be the everlasting welfare of your souls. Amen. End quote. My prayer as you are studying this week and as you are listening to this podcast here is that may all of you seek to know, to know and see what Lehi saw, to experience it for yourselves, and then please pass that legacy on to your sons and your daughters. May you keep the faith. <laughs>